First round, make it count, toss it out, stir up the crowd. Second round, throw it down, knock them out, time to get loud. It's the Two Beer Podcast time. Bienvenidos, Strasvaita, and welcome back to your favorite weekly podcast. The Two Beers Podcast, episode 96, the pot of the everyman. Jordan and True, Jordan and Drew, bringing it to you on the reel. Drew, how are you this week? Yup. <laughs> yup. Yup. Now, yup. Now you yep. see that you stole my line. I told you. Yup. To ask me later on if I liked the episode, and that was my go to. Oh, is that what you were gonna? Oh, that's. Oh, I thought you just wanted. I thought you had some serious, like, in-depth uh, opinions and. Uh... No, no, ah. you, you, you blew it. I didn't yep. even ask you a yes/no oh, question. Oh, that's great. That I wanted is... you to say, Jordan, did you like Saul this week? And I was gonna go, yep, 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 yep. yep. Oh, that's funsies. Damn that's... it! We're the well, two well, best friends that anyone could have. This is off to a good start. Let's assume positions for the two brew salute. Three, two, one. Uh, <coughs> I have me. a old uh, toppling Goliath pseudo Sue pale ale tall boy. Oof. Need one of these. Need one of these in my life. Been what a while. Thinking? It been has a while. been a while. After uh, after we got after we got all handsy with whoever was running their uh, social media account for a while there. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm starting to polish off my uh, broken skulls. From El Segundo, gonna have to uh, raid uh, raid the Joe Canal soon for some more. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. Um, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Lord, uh, took the wind right out of myself. Yep. All right. A little bit of boxing recap. Virgil Ortiz this past weekend. <sighs> Jesus. Um, beat McKinson and I, made I, McKinson's liver uh just explode you think he's still pissing blood <laughs> oh yeah for sure <laughs> at least at least at least for another week jeez man Whew. um go ahead what do you, what'd you think about it um yeah i didn't really i didn't really think virgil had much ring rust for being out of the ring for a year um i guess maybe you could say he started out a little slow but i I don't think so. I just thought uh, McKinson was a little more active uh, than yeah. than some of Virgil's past opponents have been, and I think that I think that just you know after he started taking so many body punches that he just started he just started to naturally slow down, and then Virgil just got to go even more on the offensive against him. So I didn't really. I saw some people thought that he kind of, you know, he looked like he was shaking off ring rust, but I, I mean, I thought he looked pretty much like Virgil Ortiz from start to finish, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, I, I thought that, um, like you said, I thought he had an opponent who was pretty active, um, and that, may, yeah, like you said, maybe a little bit slow, but I thought it was him just kind of digesting kind of a more active fighter and just kind yeah. of fig- figuring him out um and then pretty much he got more and more comfortable as the fight went on and just start piling up the body shots and tagging it more and more 
Um, yeah, I, I, I listened to the Porter way. You know, they they had some some picking nits, and they they were saying, oh, you know, get your head off the line. If you're gonna stalk somebody, lead with the jab more. This and that. You know, better footwork. Yeah, okay, I I get that. Um, but e- but even they admitted that like he's still probably like the fourth best welterweight, one forty seven behind yeah. like. Spence uh, Spence Crawford and uh, Boots, yeah. um, you know, you know, the return of Thurman, um, Connor Ben up there, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But everybody's already ruled Ugas out now. Ugas U- Ugas retires Pacquiao, and it's like he's and he loses one fight and he's out. Yeah, I mean Ugas is up there too. I mean it's a good it's point. Great. Um, it's great. Um. Yeah, no, I I I get. It. I think like Boots. Yeah, like I, yeah, I guess Virgil. Virgil doesn't use the jab a ton, and I didn't copy box. I don't even know if they covered this. I couldn't find the punch stats, um, <clears> but I, I like his to me. Like his jab is just those hooks to the body. Like I, I just for for such a young guy with not, that has that. If I told you a guy had nineteen knockouts, nineteen wins, is it nineteen wins, nineteen knockouts, or is it seventeen? wins in 17 i forget either way if i told if you, you guy, accurate stats this isn't the podcast <laughs> for you. if i told you a guy had that many wins and they're all knockouts you'd probably think that he's just straight hit he's tank davison guys with you know just vicious vicious shots to the head that are just jaw, jaw dropping and for virgil it's i think his last three or four at least have just been just vicious vicious pinpoint shots to the body which is just to me impressive. He he works the body, fills that basement up of water, and then the head will fall if it needs to. But he does. He gets to the point where he just keeps he 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 over floods that basement, and then it just gives out before he even has to cut the head off. Yeah, I I, 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 I agree. For a young fighter to have that much, uh, he's that adept at body you know body work is is impressive. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's it's not often seen that someone i mean the only other young guy i could think of would be like i was gonna say Keyshawn, but um yeah garcia uh, Keyshawn's. i mean key Keyshawn's way more skilled than both those guys he does he does he mixes it all in i garcia to me well i guess in garcia it does it's not even a commitment to the body it's just that he just always has he always has he, he just has so much power in that hook that just catching you once can do you in yeah that, that's what i mean guys. i don't yeah. i don't know that good point I like, yeah, that's yeah. True. yeah yeah you're yeah. right yeah right you're right um, i was just thinking dropping the guys with the body shot yeah okay yeah i got gotcha. you yeah um, i'm with you well heck even loma does the, did that a good amount um early on his, on his rise yeah yeah um but anyway yeah virgil looking great um we'll see what's next rest of the card stunk yeah, I mean Maurice Hooker just did not look good. Um, the women's fight was okay. The women's fight was decent, yeah. Um, so, whatever. Um, which leads us to this weekend. Woo-hoo-hoo. Top top rank, giving us two guys uh, that, that we like to watch. The return um, of the king, Xander Zayas. Xander. Oh man, he had to pull out of his last fight because of illness. He cried. He wanted it so bad. He comes back now. Um, I will say that uh, he is minus thirty five hundred to win. <laughs> um, 
I I know I looked it up. That's that's real. Um, but he, I mean, I just can't. He's co-main, so they've elevated they've elevated him to co-main now. Yeah, Elias Espazadas. Uh, my only my my only issue is I I, I think that I, I, like he should be fighting ten or twelve round fights. Like we don't need any more six eight round fights out of Xander. I think what is this one? It's eight. Uh, I don't yeah. know. I just think for a guy. For a guy like him, I and I, I would say the same about Keisha. Like, I mean, Keyshawn's only got five professional fights, so maybe it's a little right. different. But like, like, and maybe we're, maybe maybe because we're homosexuals, we're we're jaded, and you know, his first professional fight was a ten round fight, so maybe we're a little spoiled by by the way he kind of handled it. But I mean, these guys are these guys are seasoned, man. Like, they can against these guys, they get the rounds in now against these early guys in case you need them. Yeah, well, that's the thing is I don't I don't think that. Um, the these fights are really even going to go that that far. So I mean, I, I, it's probably a little bit of a moot point for these these type of guys. Um, yeah. All, all and you also have to Xander's... figure that if if they make it the whole eight rounds, it's probably going to be eight nothing. So I mean, what's the extra four rounds going to do? Ah, eh, fair. Xander's <laughs> Berlanga was wishing all his fights were still six rounds. Oof, uh, yeah. Xander's last fight. I think he landed forty-eight consecutive power punches <laughs> in a in a in like a, a minute span, if not less. Gosh, he he's he's so incredible. Ah, uh, God, he's so he's so good. He's uh, dreamy. Oh man, once once he just blows up even more, that uh, our our uh, our gains on that stock. Did you did great. you see me tweet at Steve? Kim? I did, I did. Although I I don't think I don't think technically. Until he like becomes a world champion, does the IPO happen? I think we, but that's fine. Well, what, we we at the uh, uh, angel investment. Yeah, okay. we're the that's that's what I would say. We're <laughs> we're I I was the I was the initial investor, and then after after one, one more fight, you were you were like, all right, I'm I'm all in with you. So we were good to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The angel investors <laughs> into Xander Zayas. Yeah. So now once once they go IP, that is, that is my next yeah. purchase: a Xander Zayas shirt. You you already have like four. I I've been stuck on all the porterway gear. Yeah, I'm just I'm still waiting for my hat. By the way, I'm just gonna send you old stuff so I can buy new Xander stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many at this point. I just have so many hoodies and T-shirts of these fighters. It's just insane. Because I'm like, you know what? Let me throw these guys thirty bucks. Because you know, I'm getting a free, a free, I'm getting a free fight from them. Like, let me throw some some dollars their way for you know giving me entertainment as they're getting their heads knocked in, and yeah. then they just pile up. So, I mean, God knows I'll be getting an Usyk Joshua two hoodie because why not? It's made in the UK, so it's awesome material. And like, why wouldn't I get one? Um, they have those out there already. Not yet. Nah, AJ's AJ's site usually puts them out a week before. Like I have, before. I have the I have the Usyk Joshua one hoodie that I just love. What do you, is it? What do you mean it's different material? That just it's made in the UK, so it's like nicer stuff. It's not oh, like really. Yeah, like it's not like the normal like Gildan or whatever that brand is, which isn't cheap. Oh. I mean, not yeah. You know, I mean, it's comfortable stuff, but like yeah, it's yeah. I think this. I think stuff may like like the they. Uh, the Loma, the Lomas, the Lomas gear and the Usyk, like those shirts are like made of like high quality stuff over in Europe. Like it's huh. not just like flimsy like t-shirts. Like it's like the real deal, like thick, heavy. Like it's it's good polyester quality. blend. Like I like I could wear if if it wasn't if if I if I wasn't thinking people would be looking at me at a club. Why do you have Why do you have this weirdo's face on your shirt that says I'm coming for you? Like I could wear <laughs> I I could wear I could wear the Usyk shirt out to like 
a nice club and, and be like, yeah, my shirt's nicer than somebody wearing like an Armani exchange shirt or something like that. Like they just, the quality is just much better. Do Armani me, exchanges still exist? I, it's the first thing I thought of. I don't know why. <laughs> I just, I just, I just pick, I just picture some douchebag with like slick hair wearing one of those shirts with like um, bedazzled jeans in a bar in Hoboken. Uh, before you said, uh, said bedazzled jeans, I was like, wait, are you describing me? <laughs> the slicked hair with a nice shirt? Oh, God. Uh, you and your $8 haircut. <laughs> my childish sense of morality. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but we digress. Yeah. We digress. But, yeah, the uh, the FTWR brand, the new Z- or Xander, and it's it's white, though. Like, white gets dirty, so I was afraid to wear it. But his new <laughs> – if you haven't seen it, he's got a new a new sweatshirt and uh, Team Zaya's T-shirt out. Go, go spend the 25 bucks for Xander. He's worth it. All right, um, which leads us to the other Speaking co-main. Speaking of not who's worth it. Mr. Tiafimo Lopez. The take um, back. Mr. I actually didn't lose that fight to Cambosis. Mr. My esophagus had a hole in it, and I still can't answer the question if it healed itself via repti- reptilian re- skin regeneration or if I needed surgery on it. Mr. ESP- e- ESPN needs me. <laughs> Lord. I, uh, I'm, I'm their biggest producer. I, I liked your Witcher reference, Mister. Ah, <laughs> look at me. me. I love how uh, <laughs> I, I love how he compared the Terrence Crawford paper. Like Terrence Crawford, was it the Porter fight he was trying to compare that to? I don't. I don't. That know. was like an actual paid pay per view versus a free fight during the pandemic. Ah, that guy's. Uh, Piece hey. of work. Piece of work. Hey, shout out to him. Shout out to him. Uh, we got it. That's going to be a T- new segment. Tank Davis. That will be a new segment, regular segment on the podcast. The Tank Davis. Hey, shout out to him segment. Whenever we're big and we just print shirts left and right, like we're John, <laughs> like we're John Boy Media. It'll That's that'll right. be a shout out to him. <laughs> don't miss uh, weight. Don't do coke. So good. Um, you want to do the tail of the tape before we give our thoughts on To? Or what do you want to do? Yeah, I mean, if you if you want to, I mean, I. Like I was listening to the Porterway, and <laughs> Sean Porter was like, "Why are we even prognosticating on this fight?" Yeah, we don't. I mean, we don't need to. Yeah, I mean, I do fight- have the odds. Yeah, he's fighting Pedro Campo, who's you know thirty years old, 34, 34 and one, twenty three knockouts. Uh, I mean, I, I I don't I don't I don't I think he's fought maybe two fights in the U.S. before. Uh, you know, this is a two, this is. This is this is I wouldn't even this is like a, a tune this is this is a true definition of a tune up fight uh this guy so yeah just a g- get back on the bike fight yeah so let's give the let's give the odds then we can talk we can talk to you uh to's minus twenty five hundred campus plus nine fifty over under rounds um it might not even be six and a half five and a half five and a half okay minus one thirty on the under. Um, yeah, I, yeah. The only thing you need to know is To by Ko is minus three thirty. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think, I, yeah, I think, I think it'll be a knockout round three or round four. So I, I'd, I'd, I'd hit the under. Yeah, agreed. Um, you know, for 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 him, I, I, I don't even know. Like, you know, it's just so hard. Like. I don't know who's in his. I don't know if he's got any other. If Joey Gamash is back as a part as a trainer with him, like he wasn't there for the Cambosis fight. It was he brought in dad. a Cuban guy. Um, 
that I, for, I forget the guy's name, but the, he was with Rigandau and with okay. um, Luke Campbell, and they brought him into the camp. Okay, yeah. So that whole Eddie Reynoso thing they were talking about never happened, so that's fun. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, t- it, the corner stuff with the dad just needs to just needs to calm down. Like, they need to focus more on boxing sometimes then instead of his dad thinking, like, just jumping up and down after rounds is going to win him rounds and do the – like, again, he's going to get a quick knockout here, so I don't know that matters. But, you know, they just need to change their – you know, not their fighting style, but just like the way they're handling their business. Like you can, you can have all the bravado before and after the fight, like to do all that stuff. That's that's fine. But like his dad doesn't need to be involved in the weigh-in, screaming and yelling at the other guy. Like, T- like Tio should be very easy to root for because he's a he's got knockout power, which everybody loves. He can talk his own, like you know, he could be doing his own WWE promos. He doesn't need his dad to do it his dad's just so overbearing that people just want to root against him and not like him which and now with with his loss you know okay you know it wasn't your night move on whatever oh god yeah and he just he just refuses to move on and it's just and it's and it's just it's just the dumb stuff it's like listen if you you can just say listen i thought i won the fight which is fine like poor the scorecards it was a close fight and i think we ended up we ended up having it i think 116 112 I think the last knockout, I think, you know, him knocking down Cambosis in round 10, even that out, or else it would have been a little bit more lopsided. Um, but it's the fact that, like, he goes, like, you know, he thinks he won 10 of the 12 rounds, which is crazy. But still, even that would be nuts. But the fact that he thinks that DeZone paid off the judges to... <laughs> to set up Devin Haney. But only two, but it, it was a split decision. So they only paid off two of the judges, I guess. <laughs> And, saved money on the third one. Yeah, and like the <laughs> thing with the referee raising his hand, it's like, bro, the ref raised your hand because the announcer got cute and was like, and still undefeated. They were both undefeated instead right. of like just saying, and because the guy, you know, the ref's just thinking, oh, he's gonna say and still champion. Like, it's the stuff like that that he says that people people don't check him on, like the Kriegel. Like someone should check him. Be like, well, Tia, like you realize that the ref raised your hand because the you know the announcer said and still. Undefeated. Car- Carson Merck said that on Porterway, and um, that Sean Porter was just like, "Oh, why are you bring that up?" Blah blah blah, and he's like, "Well, because Tio keeps bringing it up over and over again." Yeah, <laughs> oh, good. I haven't been able to listen to those guys yet. But yeah, yeah, you listen Car- to those. Good. Good, on, good on Carson. But yeah, it's true though. It's like it's that stuff where it's like, bro, like, what are you talking about? Like, that's none of it makes sense. And DAZN didn't even get the fight. ESPN said got the undisputed fight. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, we'll see. I got I'm more interested in the weigh-in than um, and like the you know the in, the press conference tomorrow than I am with the fight because I just want to see if if it, again you see the difference between Devin Haney and his father and how they handle like like Bill Haney lets Devin Haney be Devin Haney. Bill Haney isn't trying to be in the spotlight and overshadow Devin. And Devin doesn't even have that much personality. You know what I mean? Compared to, like, he's not as exuberant yeah. as, like, a T.O. But Bill Haney, like, you know, he's the trainer. He lets his son do all that. Like, have all the spotlight, the mic time. Like, T.O.'s dad doesn't do that. So Yeah, it's annoying. And, it's, and it's, it's, time, it's, like, it's time now. Yeah, like, let, like, let, like listen, like, you, got your, you took the one loss. Like, you know, you, you know, he got the decision against Lomachenko. Like, let, let as T.O.'s now moving up in the weight classes, like, let's... Let's let him have it, because you know Tio's blaming being weight drained for his esoph- possibly his hole in his esophagus. His dad, I, I don't know who he's blaming, because him and his te- him and his dad are the team. 
So they've been making the decisions to be at 135. So like who is forcing you to weight train yourself other than you and your pops? So like let him like let this be a new chapter where you like you keep yourself close, like let Tio do his thing, be in the corner, support him, coach him. That's all you need to do. Like you know, All right, so the question is after this fight What's next? Where, yeah, what what month? How long does he wait? And um, and, I think and they'll get who, and, they'll get and a, who? They'll get a fight in December. They have like a they have an ES. He does have a pay per view deal, which was supposed to which ESPN and when they restructured his contract, that was always going to be Lomachenko him last uh, last year if he doesn't lose to Cambosis. Like that was that that was what Bob Arum was going to try. That was the big money fight for him, the rematch. And it just obviously didn't happen because he lost. I don't know who he fights next. Like, it's not it's not going to be could Josh. Be Bar- Bo- could be Barbosa. Could be yeah. Like he'll probably could be he, Progray. Yeah. Well, um, no. Well, Pro, well, Progray. That's the thing. Everyone's going to be tied up. Like Progray is going to be tied up with Zapata for the belt. They're going to be fighting in, I think November, maybe October okay. for for the vacant title. So like Tio's got to get back in the ring before like in like December like he's got to stay busy because he's been out for so long. Um, so I don't think he fights the winner of that. Taylor Catterall still hasn't even been announced, and I think Taylor Taylor's just waiting for the Crawford Spence fight to materialize before he moves up to 147. So I think he's out. Yeah, like Barboza or however the hell you say his name. Like he's probably the only guy because even Ramirez. I don't like why would Ramirez risk his title shot against the winner of Zapata and Progray to go fight Tiafimo. Like that doesn't make any sense. So, um, I listen, and I, I think it's, I don't know how serious it is, but I said this after Ryan Garcia's last fight. That's to me, the, that to me is the easier fight to make than Garcia tank. And they talked about that on, um, on Dan's dance, um, live stream with Tio, the possibility of a Garcia Tiafimo fight, I, and what's his name? Oscar saying he's going to be there on Saturday and they're going to move on to that fight. And that's just, I think a lot of that's posturing to try to put pressure on um, LRB and, and Floyd to get the tank thing, but like more traction. But to me, that's a very easy fight to make. Um, Golden boy and top rank have done, have had, have done pr- um, cross cross promotional fights before. Uh, I think that's and I think that's a very that's a pay per view. I think that's a pay per view fight. I I would I would yeah. pay the seventy. I would pay the seventy bucks to see that. Yeah. Um I think Tiafimo would would. I do. I I do think t- the where you see Garcia get tagged with some of those punches um, that he, that he gets hit with. I I think if that's Tio that tags him, he's in trouble. Yep. Exactly. I think, um, I, I think Tio beats him pretty badly. So I well I don't think badly. I just think. I, I think I, I do. I think he can get caught with a with a bad shot from Tiafimo. But you know, again, I think Garcia is going to have the height and reach on him, and he's going to work that body. So yeah, yeah we'll, we'll see. Yeah, we'll We'll see what he looks like at um, at one forty. How the power translates. Next twelve months will be interesting at that at one forty for sure. Yeah, a lot, a lot of good, lot of, a lot a lot of, of fights names. to to shake shake out there. Yeah, I mean, dude, Devin, you know, Devin will fight. Which, whatever the 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 Haney stuff was ridiculous over the weekend with Loma and like I, people I don't understand how people like people don't realize Cambosis Cambosis is his next fight like he has a rematch clause he 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 exercised it 
Devin Devin can't just fight anybody else. Otherwise, he's going to get sued by Camp. <laughs> like, did we not just see Wilder Fury three and how that happened? Like that he wouldn't. Like, he he can't he can't fight Lomachenko without Cambosis stepping aside. And why would Cambosis step aside? Yeah. It makes no sense. Yep. So unless Devin is dropping the belt and moving up to 140, that's who his opponent is. So like nobody's ducking him for a tune-up fight. Like, oh man, boxing Twitter is just so dumb sometimes. I'm like, do you guys understand how all this works? No, the answer is no. No. So like Devin, like I said, but after Devin, if I mean, I I assume Devin will probably whoop Cambosis again because I just don't think Cambosis is good enough to be Devin. Um, Devin might he might drop the titles and then go. Uh, he might go fight at 140, which might. He'll have one more. He has three a three fight deal with with top rank, so you know you could put it. I hell I'd pay I'd pay his pan pay per view for Devin Tiafimo. Yeah, for, oh so, for sure. Now that would be that would be a good. That one. would be because Devin. That's I, that I I, Devin I really can negate a lot of what Tio likes to do with his length and his jab. Yeah, like I do think that Tank and and well, specifically Garcia. I I, I think avoiding Haney is real because Devin had had Garcia fought Devin when he was his mandatory. He easy, he could lose that's that's a fight he could easily lose on the cards. And it's 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 high risk low reward for him because the tank fight is at the end of the tunnel. So why if you lose to Devin that that's that's out the way boxing works today or you'd be taking even more of a pay cut. So I think Devin, I think Devin, like Devin's skill set, just makes him for some of these guys a the boogeyman. Deep, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Like, <clears throat> sure. I think of like a better be of someone that just will absolutely kill you as the boogeyman. But well, it's, I, a, it's like, just a, it's just it's a it's a low it's a it's a high it's a it's a low. I just reward. think there's someone who's floating out there that nobody wants. <clears throat> yeah, he's just it's just a low reward fight because. It can be a bore. You can lose a very boring fight to him easily. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. But yeah, we spent a lot of time on boxing for not much going on this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. But next sure next week next what a, what a what a what a slate next week with uh, we got Usyk August twentieth. Yeah. Usyk Joshua two, and then the return of El Tamidor. Oh, what that's gonna be a good week. Yes. Um. Okay. Okay. Um. So. Let's move on to NBA. Let me take a swig. Um, we have a little game we're going to play here. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. So what exactly is this? You you and my brother send me stuff from StatMuse all the time. I don't follow StatMuse. Whatever. I don't know. So it's it's uh, this guy or that guy in the NBA? So they, they posted – well, no, StatMuse is just a, a site that, like, just – post stats all the time yeah um but over the weekend they posted a um on their series of tweets a series of tweets that compared to it they put the picture and they're they're most known because they have like caricature not caricatures, but like you know cartoon pictures of these guys right so it's a little yeah nba jam-esque yeah and it was kind of a who would you pick so who would you rather? I think that's what it was, right? Like who would you rather have? Um, and uh, wait, I'm trying to pull. I know you're pulling it up, but yeah, yeah, pick one. No, so I'm they not give you. It up. They do. I don't follow StatMuse. 
Yeah, they do a... Oh, you want me to do it? You want, I have it up if you want me to do it, but... Yeah, I want you to do it. All right, I'll do I it. I just All said right. I don't even follow oh, that. Well, I, well, I, wanted, I wanted you to say it out, and then we would pick... But that's fine, I got it. I'll, oh, I'll, for I'll God's drive sake. it. I'll drive All it. All right. All right, so it was pick one. So they went and gave you some side-by-sides of this guy. So I'll... Our very first pick... The very first pick one they posted. Chris Paul or Steve Nash? Hmm. Uh... Chris Paul. I Why? hate. I, I just personally hate <laughs> Steve Nash. There's nothing, nothing analytical about it. Um. That's that's it. Um, Chris Paul probably is a better defender. I'm gonna go Nash for the pure the pure reason that I I do not trust Chris Paul in a big game. Okay. That's it. I just don't trust him. If I had to, if you I had trust to game, Nash more. Yeah, if I had the game on the line, I I just trust I just trust Steve Nash more than I do Chris Paul. Okay, that's it. Uh, uh, do you have any evidence, or is that just a feeling? Um, I mean, I could go. We can we could go back and recite the the Chris Paul blunders over the last. Well, I know that, but uh, we. How about Steve Nash? I mean, <laughs> well, he, I mean Nash's team. A... I mean Nash's team's just never made it to the finals. But I don't. Yeah. I. I can't. I can't think of an instance where Steve Nash choked away games, okay, or just didn't. Just had like a no show, like Chris Paul Fine. did. Like in the, Ta- that's all. I just nothing. like in the like in the finals, like he actually only, got there. The only that's fair. I said the only <laughs> thing. The only the only thing that comes to mind is the one the the game where Kobe hit that game winner and he stole the ball away from Nash at one point. But I mean, whatever. I'm just going Nash. I just trust him more than Paul. Okay. Next, the answer: Allen Iverson or Dwayne Wade. Um, Dwayne Wade. Uh, again, just based off defense. Arguably the second or third third best defensive shooting guard of all time. That's um, fair. you know he he uh. Plus, I mean, you got to factor in if, if Dwayne Wade gets knocked down six times, he gets up seven. He's getting so, up seven. I mean, you got to factor that in. Uh, that is very true. Because facts and math. Um, uh, who are you taking? Yeah, I feel like you're obligated to go Allen Iverson. I'm going to go Iverson. I just think that Iverson. Like you're, Jordan, you're speechless. Jordan and Kobe were built different, <laughs> to use the built different phrase. But like Iverson had an ability to just take over games and will teams to win games that shouldn't have. That I just, I, I, I have never seen anybody really do. I like it's still, I still can't like fathom how they won some of those playoff series back in 2001 on the way to the finals. Um, and even that game one, the only game they got to get the Lakers, where he he just you know Kobe Bryant is you know one of the best defensive players of all time. Like Iverson was just cooking him and everybody, every everything they threw at him, he just was cooking them. I, I'm gonna go AI. Just his his will and his heart. Just ah, man, I, I'm gonna go AI. Okay, I I can't hate it. You're probably more Wade's probably the better answer again because I think defensively you're right. But man, AI just he. He, there was just something about about his heart. I get it. Uh, this one's fun. <laughs> oh God, 
the 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 king grumpy boy at the moment kevin durant or Kawhi leonard Mm. wow tough 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 tough. oh man i mean holy crap i guess kevin durant i guess um kevin durant has had the better career so i'll say that kevin durant is the more consistent offensive player Kawhi is probably the more accomplished playoff player just because Kawhi took two teams by him well i don't want to say by himself. well the spurs yeah I mean, the Spurs was more collective. Yeah, yeah, the Spurs was more collective. But then he went and took Toronto to the finals and won, which Kevin Durant has yet to do. But it's just, a tough one. Just, this one's just, tough. Just, just, just from the eye, the eye test, I'll give that. And I, I, I kind of hate it. But defensively, Kawhi Leonard, probably a better def- defender. But Kevin Durant is also very good and he has the rim protection off the ball as well I, i'm gonna i'm gonna slightly lean kevin durant what, what do you think yeah i i am too and I, I go back to his his three years with the warriors uh kd was probably the best two-way player in basketball and that includes mm-hmm. a healthy Kawhi leonard his like his defense like I, this is why i wouldn't you know i has he it'll take it would take a lot for kd to get my top 10 all time um, but I mean, he really didn't lock in on def- like defensively until he started playing with Golden State, um, and they were going to go small, and they really needed him to be a lockdown rim protector, and yeah, one on one too. I mean, he was amazing defensively. Like, people always forget how good defensively those Warriors teams were, um, but when he was locked in, yeah, dude, he was locking people up. And I mean, offensively, it's not even they're not even in the same hemisphere. Kawhi and KD just like the different skill sets and all the shots that KD has in his bag Kawhi just doesn't have a lot of that stuff Kawhi's more he'll mid-range you to death he'll knock down a three if he's wide open and spotting up but he's not shooting over top of guys like KD can given yeah he's seven foot so I'm gonna I'm gonna lean KD yeah it's yeah. close it's tough. it's tough too very the, close. And, and and KD's like just grumpy whatever weird shit he has going on doesn't help his case <laughs> yeah but Kawhi kind of had a like a quieter version of that a little bit but you know uh not to this extent but anyway no um this one's also good and this was people forget how how insane the western conference was at the power forward position from like the year 2000 to 2005 when some of these guys were at the end of their prime i thought you were gonna say like 2011 no, no. Well, even then, but they had some talent. But like when from two, like like Malone still had a was at the tail end of his prime. Like he was, he was, you know, he was, he, he was, he was on the back. He was like a bed knocking on the back door. But he like th- there was a lot of good guys. Sheed was still in the West. But this one, Dirk Nowitzki, Kevin Garnett. Um, I'm gonna go Dirk. Um, this this is yeah, this is another tough one. Uh, I mean, prime 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 KG with the Timberwolves. He was, was more ag- he was more agile, but Dirk could stretch it more. Um, yeah, I mean, defensively, it's not even close. So that's 
I mean, uh, KG. Uh, KG is just worlds above him. But go ahead. Get fin- so you're going to go uh, Dirk? Yeah, I'm going to go Dirk. Yeah. It feels wrong, but I don't care. I've always hated Kevin Garnett. <laughs> yeah, I, this is a pure, I just don't like the guy <laughs> pick. Yeah. Um, I've never, I always, I always call KG a fake tough guy because he only ever, he only ever picked fights against guys like Jose Calderon and Zaza and Charlie Villanueva. Like I never saw him actually pick a fight with like Kobe, Shaq, guys like that. Um, and I mean, Dirk probably again, Dirk probably has the single greatest playoff run we've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. In the NBA. Um, the 2000. Well, well, at least we can say the single greatest uh, set of opponents that he's beaten. Yeah, and just individually, his play was just outstanding. Yeah. So the run that he went through those guys was just tremendous. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I think I'm going to lean Dirk, too. Yeah, agreed. I'd probably – I'd be we'll – we'll, we'll have to do top fives for our each position in the NBA. Power forward is, like, the toughest – outside of Duncan, I think. I don't think you can argue Duncan's number one. I think that's pretty set in stone at this point. But, man, two through five would be so – I mean, everyone forgets about Kevin McHale, which is insane because how good he was. Like, yeah. McHale, Barkley, KG, Duncan, Giannis now gets thrown in there. Like, whew. Good luck. Yeah, I know, right? I mean, ta- – <laughs> Well, that yeah, Katie's more of a three, but man, like Carl Malone, I didn't even say I even say Carl Malone. You did not. Yeah, Carl Malone. Um, dude, I. Whew. Yeah, we're gonna have to do that. We'll have to get on some of those, even though we're not the hot take shows. But it'd be we wouldn't be doing it. Yeah, based wouldn't off. really be a hot take? It just yeah, we wouldn't be doing it based off just of fodder. Uh, yeah, off of nonsense. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put a uh, Giannis at number two just to get clicks. Uh, all right, last one. Another. Uh, this actually isn't that hard, even though statistically I think it would say it is. Um, Shaquille O'Neal, Hakeem Olajuwon. Um. Yeah, I, I I see where you're going with this, and you're right. It's it's not really that hard. It's it, it's a Shaq's a no. It's a no brainer. It, it, it really like Shaq's, which is crazy to say because it is. Akeem was. Un- unfathomably good, but on Shaq, both ends, uh, he was he un- might he might have been the best two outside of Jordan. He was probably the second best for for eight years. He was probably the second best two way player in basketball. He's probably the best shot blocker. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, it, he's probably one of the top three shot blockers of all time. Sha- Shaq, Shaq, Shaq's dominance for like that five year stretch. I, it just can't be matched by any other center, including Akeem. Like his 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 playoff numbers and his numbers in the finals are like it was. He's a power forward. They were just dumping it down to, and he would average like thirty six and fourteen in a championship series. Crazy, like, just insane. Like, and like I get nobody it, he, does that. Like yeah. nobody averages thirty. Uh, what did Curry just average? Uh, maybe thirty three. Yeah, and and how many? What was like in what six assists or something like that? Or maybe maybe not. I don't know. But it's like thirty, like thirty six and fourteen. Or whatever. I mean, it's just it's insane. and he did it in multiple championships. It wasn't he just did like it three. I think it wasn't it was, like one run. It was just like, like yeah, nobody can stop this man. Yeah, like the only and the the only thing that somewhat stopped him was just Detroit's defensive scheme with Wallace and 
Ben Wallace and uh, and Rashid, and that was it. And I mean, Kobe got a little a little full of himself in that finals too, a little bit. But um, yeah, and like, and I think Shaq was just. I mean, it was harder. I mean, but Akeem. I mean, they made two finals. Yeah, and that was it. Uh, maybe three. No, he made he made one early. I think against the Celtics, uh, and they lost back in '86. I think. But yeah, yeah, just the just the um, getting to t- getting to the you know making the deep playoff runs too. I lean to Shaq. Sha- like I said, it's tough because the statistics would tell you that I think it's very close. But yeah, I think Shaq. I just I don't think Hakeem was as brutally dominant for the stretch that Shaq was. Yeah, agreed. So. Um, especially Lakers, Shaq. It was just, just insanity. Yeah, and that's all we got on stat muse. Those were the ones that they had. So, uh, anything else? Nope, 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 nope. No. Although we got other ones. How about this one? What what seed? What seed is this team? Starting five: Darren Fox, Kevin Herter. Harry Barnes, Keegan Murray, Sabonis, Bench, Davian Mitchell, Malik Monk, Rashawn Holmes. You are Sacramento Kings. What seed do they finish on? Eighth. I'm going to say tenth. They make the play in, though. <laughs> that is what I will uh, I will go with. Uh, what, else? The, what else? The one the one seed. Yeah, I'm trying to think of any other good... Any other good most playoff points before tournament twenty five? <clears throat> Who's number one? Most playoff points before turning twenty five. Um LeBron? Eh. Kobe? Kobe twenty one fifty five. Number two. LeBron? Seventeen sixty one. Number three. MJ? Jason Tatum, sixteen ninety three. Oh wow. Uh, you just scrolling through Stat Muse? Yes. Now I'm just scrolling, see what else let's, we got. Let, let's not. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's so good. I, MJ, most points per game when also winning Defensive Player of the Year, since there's only been three guys to do it. Jordan averaged 35 points a game and won Defensive Player of the Year. And we're, we think this is close. Giannis, 29.5. Hakeem, 27.3. Just insanity it's a lot absolutely insane all right i i do want to talk a little bit of baseball this week do it do it do it oh last one most seasons averaging 15 points per game and 10 rebounds charles barkley 14 duncan Shaq, moses malone 13 and charles barkley was only 6-4 i i thought wilt would have been in there on that one surprising right yeah very surprising uh all right Baseball. Go. Go. I did uh, – I hope everyone's ready. I did some hard-hitting deep dives on the stats. I was crunching numbers. And I really just want to bring this to everyone. I hope everybody appreciates this. That's all. I I don't know where I've been the whole season. 
but I just discovered this week <laughs> the, the Edwin Diaz intro music. Uh, the Mets now have more wins than the Yankees. Uh, they're, they're trying to press the Dodgers for the one seed in the NL. Um, I'm, I'm not going to keep playing the rest of, of this because that would just be childish and that would just be rubbing it in everyone else's face. <laughs> now, I can't keep doing it. We're not going to keep playing it. It's addicting, but, you know, we don't want the Yankees fans to get mad that the Mets are taking over their spotlight. No, not no. You're, I know you're a Philly fan. We can't just keep playing it over and over again. We can't get addicted to it. We can't just. Edwin Diaz, let's go! He's striking everybody and their brother out. Pure smoke. I, I, I'm on the Mets bandwagon simply because of the trumpets. Timmy trumpets, narco. Let's go. That's 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 literally all I got. <laughs> I just I just discovered it this week. I don't know where I've been, but I love it. <laughs> Speaking of which, Phillies nine of the last one nine of the last ten. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Um, I was looking at the uh, the uh, playoff picture earlier. Um, and the NL Central. I I'm pretty sure I picked Milwaukee to win it all. And they're actually a game out of the third wild card right now, and a game out of first. Yeah. Little, little excuse slippage. me in the, in in the central yeah St Louis is is St Louis is is on the up and up yeah I mean they, did they sweep the Yankees they might have swept the Yankees um, which I was I don't, I don't I know was, but I'm once amazed. Joey once once Joey Gallo got out of there I thought the Yankees were going to be rolling and they have not been rolling yeah I mean he was all their problems and here they are two 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 and eight in the last ten Yikes. they're seventy one and forty the Mets are seventy two and thirty nine. The Dodgers are seventy six and thirty three, and Houston is seventy one and forty. Bro, I, I don't remember four teams being that dominating. It's been a while. And you know, and you know who's just creeping and sitting there in a wild card spot? Who? Arena. <laughs> I don't. I don't know how they do it, man. I don't know how they do it, but the T- Tampa Bay is. They're, they're, they're a half game. They're just sitting there. They're, oh no, no, they're yeah, they're, they're wild the card right now. They a, they're they half game above Baltimore. Yeah. Oh, that's another thing I mentioned because the Pirates played Baltimore um, over uh, over the past week, and yeah. like Baltimore, man, that I was watching some of the game and it's a, it's electric atmosphere out there. I'm kind of like that's my other like one I'm a little bit rooting for right yeah. now. Um, so I'm kind of I'm I I wouldn't mind seeing Baltimore like sneak in the back door of the playoffs and like go on a little upset run. Yeah, that'd be kind of fun. Um, yeah, it would be. After they traded away Mancini, things are heating up. Yeah, things are heating up. All right, let me take a swig. Swigsies, swigsies. I hope I hope that music came through good on my. Uh, uh, I was so so. I you should ask me to do it. I usually have better quality. Uh, see now I'm playing, trying to get the whole song. You usually do have better quality. Yeah. Well, I just put it on my phone and get it right up to the mic. You probably have your laptop. No, I I do. I put it on my phone and get it right up. Yeah. Maybe maybe it's because your phone's like smashed to bits. Try it again. That's better. Better. Is it? Better. Yeah. I mean, we're not going to sit here and keep playing it over and over again. We're not going to do that. 
We're not gonna do it. We can't we can't just sit here and play it for another another thirty seconds. We can't do that. Da, 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 da. Timmy Trumpets. Woo! Woo! Boom. Feel it Boom. in my plums every time it comes out of the bullpen. Um, all right. So, moving on. We have everybody's favorite minute in podcasting. The NASCAR Pit Stop. Send me off, sir, and I'll be ready. In three, two, one, go! Well, well, well. Look who picked up their sixth one of the year at Michigan. Woo! Kevin Harvick hits it 25 to 1, brings us up to plus 12 on the year. He was a contender all day, took the lead down the stretch. Passing for the lead sucked on this course. Um, <clears throat> so once he was out in front, nobody was catching him. Feels good to be in the black, baby. This week in Richmond, uh, when I think Richmond, I think Kyle Busch dominating. 0.75-mile uh, oval, relatively flat banking. They've been racing here since 1953. Absolute classic. Denny Hamlin won here earlier in the year. Truex won the time before that last year. This week, we're at Hamlin plus 600, Kyle Busch plus 700, Blaney plus 1,200, and Byron plus 2,000. Is, uh, is that Hamlin, Hamlin, McGill? Yes, Denny, Hamlin, Hamlin, and McGill. Uh, took some flyers on Blaney and Byron uh, based on how they did earlier this year, but the Toyotas are, are what everyone should be betting on, and we, we took two Toyotas. So, Woo! Back in the black, baby. Back in the black. Love it. Love it. All right. Now it's time for the parlay. Parlay, 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 parlay. Par- hey, hey, hey. And who's on a fucking heater? You are. This guy. You are. I've picked eight weeks straight of, of correct baseball picks. This guy. Me. Number number one. Numero uno. The heater. Bringing the cheese. The high stinky cheese. Can we, quad, can we quadruple do a quadruple parlay this week? Yep. Yep. We're yep. doing it. Yep. We're doing it. Yep. We're, we're yep. going Xander. Xander, T.O. Boom. Well... Let's do. Let's dial in To a little bit. Why don't we do like either the under or the Ko? Nah, we're just gonna we're just gonna have we're just gonna pick them to win. That's minus thirty five hundred. It's that's, or putting it on top of other stuff. Let's. We're doing the Ko for To. Uh, okay. Xander, if you want to throw him in there to win, fine. Throw Xander in there to win. Okay. I'm going to take on Friday night the Atlanta Braves over the Miami Marlins. And that dovetails perfectly with mine because <coughs> on Friday night, I'm taking the Giants over the Pittsburgh Pirates at 10:15. The Giants are playing are throwing out their ace Radon. Uh, he's even though he's only 10 and six, his ERA of 2.95, with a WHIP of 1.07, 161 Ks of 39 walks. The Buckos are throwing out Bryce with a Y Wilson. 5.86 ERA, 2 and 6, 
1.5 whip. I will take. I, 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 over the years, I've I've kind of developed a thing of like you don't pick the Giants, but and especially I, I think they've been free falling a little bit actually. I'm, free uh, fall. I don't. I, I feel like I'm talking myself out of this. I know. No, they're not. Trust they're, your trust your judgment. They were free falling, but no, they they've righted the ship. Now we're 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 going. They're gonna they're gonna crush the Buckos Friday night. So we got Buckos Braves. To for the ko and xander yeah and oh we won when we did win last week so the triple header so this bet will be like 15 something uh i love it yes i do too it's called a love fest i'm trying to find i was gonna say as we're talking about baseball and stuff yeah, uh, we should do like meme of the week too. Uh, the uh, yeah, we we've been meaning to bring this up. That's have a you, good point. Have you? Have Let's you? Let's do it at the end of the parlay every week. Have you seen? Have you? Well, I'll, I'll, this will be the inaugural one. Have yes. you? Have you seen the memes with um, the Moneyball scene where Joe? Uh, you see Moneyball, right? No. Ugh. I refuse. That's... I don't want to watch a movie about somebody discovering that a walk is a good thing. It's just there's just this really good scene where it's Jonah Hill explaining to with to uh, Billy uh, to Brad Pitt's characters, and he goes he goes Billy this is whatever player and he goes through all he goes through why he's good, and then but why why some there's some ridiculous reason another team won't sign him like Kevin Uglis he waddles like a duck so teams won't sign him. He only cost us thirty five thousand. It's just a funny scene. So now, like with the with the with the trade deadline for baseball, this has been catching like wildfire. Like teams that are just having fire sales. Like fan bases are like posting this with all the players they're trading. And then the the latest now is Billy. This is Kevin Durant. He's one of the best basketball players of all time, and easily a top three in the NBA right now. The catch is he wants us both fired for not doing our job, or he won't play for the team. <laughs> Oh my! Uh, this is again. This 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 one's been catching fire the last week. I've been really enjoying them. So, kudos to whoever started the uh, the money ball meme here in the in the last couple of weeks. It's great. Nice. <laughs> oh, it's great. Meme of the week. Ah, uh, so good, so good. All right, <clears throat> let's assume positions for beer number two. Oh, I got ice stuck. Ice, ice stuck to my plums. All right, ready? Plumsies. Three, two, one. Back to Old Faithful Founders All Day IPA Session Ale. Let's go. What all you got? All day, all day, all day. I'm sticking with my El Segundi. Nice. I'm sticking with it. That's because you're loyal like that. I am. I'm always loyal. It's to, I'm loyal to a T. To a fault. To a fault. To a fault. Um. Okay. So... Before we get into our Better Call Saul, I just wanted to spitball a little bit here. I'm, I'm slowly catching up on the Marvel movies. I just watched uh, Endgame, and you said that's not one of your favorite ones because um, of time travel? I didn't enjoy the time travel aspect, and it was a little bit of a letdown after Infinity War, which I knew walking out of Infinity War that there was just no way Endgame was going to be able to top that. Um, why was it a letdown? It just like Infinity War was just I thought so epic. I just thought Endgame it just wasn't going to be able to be as good. 
because it was gonna I, I was like they're gonna bring these people back that quote-unquote died and there were leaks about the quantum realm and time travel and i'm like this is we're getting we're I have a limit of weirdness that, like, when it starts getting entered into movies, I'm just like, yeah, or TV shows, and that's kind of like, we're I, going back, we're, we're going into ultimate timelines now. Is that what we're doing? So, um, but go ahead, give first, give your, give your, give your thoughts on, on how, uh, how do you have a limit of weirdness when you're a huge Lord of the Rings fan? Um, but that's like kind of, I don't know, like that's it's it's all part of the world. Like it's consi- it's consistent with it's, itself. It's consistent, yeah. Like Game of Thrones, which you didn't watch. Like it was, <sighs> I can't even explain it. I just remember watching it, and be like, "All right, this is solid." We got you know families fighting for power, makes sense. All right, there's dragons. Okay, like that's that's not crazy for dragons to exist in theory, like in a in a different world. It's not it's not inventing a new genre. Yeah, it's not crazy. But then like. When the humans actually have like weird powers, so like this like this like red witch, uh, like pooped out the smoke monster from Lost midway through the second season that then could go out and kill people. I was kind of done after that, and then it took me like two years to forgive the show and to watch it again. It's kind of where I drew my limit. I'm like, so this this random woman is just pooping out smoke monsters. I'm like, eh, that's too weird for me. It's it's not. Yeah, we're we're going out of our way to like do crazy shit just to be crazy. I'm not I'm not there. Yeah. So yeah, I got my even like the you know the the multiverse now phase of of Marvel. I'm just not as big of a fan of. So, but I know you're you're bigger into time travel and things like that. So. Yeah, yeah, I am. Um, there there some of their theories about time travel was interesting. But then the, it they kind of went against it a little bit when they were like, oh yeah, we need to take the stones back and to the exact time that we took them, uh, so that way there's no uh, suspicion of anything, and you know there's no other alternate timelines. And I'm like, well, well I thought that well wasn't that more because that was that was the the one or the um the woman from. The original Doctor Strange, right? That you, I don't think you've ever seen her again. Um, wasn't her point that they needed to return the stones so that, that those people, the stone keepers in those timelines, would be able to protect people? I thought that's what it was. Maybe, may. Uh, either way, I mean, my my. I guess my point is that they were like, yeah, well, we need to protect our timeline. The other timelines are their own thing. So. To change it, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, little, little I, I guess I guess maybe you're right. Maybe it was just to protect the people in those timelines. Uh, maybe that was it. I don't. I know. thought that's what it was, but not well, not. Why, not a, why would uh, why would Red Guy need his has Soul Stone back or whatever? That who's he protecting? I, a Red Skull. I don't know. You know, Aaron. Um, Aaron from Walking Dead did the uh, the voice work for him. I did not because Hugo Hugo Weaving wasn't available. No, I didn't. And Aaron does. He does like voices. So mm. they had him. They had him do it. Yeah, he was Red Skull in uh, Infinity War and uh, Endgame. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Do you know that Josh Brolin was the voice for uh, Thanos? Really? Yeah, that wasn't actually <laughs> him. Did you know that? <laughs> I did not. Glad I could educate you. Appreciate it. 
Um, so we were talking. So which which movie do you think did time travel the best? Wait, is it, this was a list of ours. Was right. it? Yeah, because we did it after we watched Tomorrow War. Did we? You sure? Yeah, pretty sure. God, we've done so many top fives at this point. Um, but uh, I know you. I know to, I was. I did, I thought time uh, Tomorrow War was really clumsy with the uh, time travel myself. I I thought the time travel was fine. I think it was just some of the absurd <laughs> some of the absurdities of. Uh, no, nah, I was the, not on the, board with the time travel. Okay. Um, you know, I always I always g- like Back to the Future too. I was gonna say, is Back to the Future probably the best the best one? Probably, yeah. To ever it, do it? And, and Back to the Future too was just so amazing. How they he's what he's back in time watching his self go back in time. Like that's just nuts. And that's like my least favorite one um, <laughs> of the three. Uh yeah, like, and I don't think there's really any holes in it, right? I don't think. I don't other, think so. Other than if it depends if you subscribe to like um, the infinity, or I'm sorry, the uh, the end games theory of they they were all wrong. Like th- in their own timeline, you can't get eliminated. It's just a, it just eliminates it in another timeline that's not theirs. And I'm like, mm, okay, whatever. Um. Yeah, I'd probably I'd probably defer to uh, Michael Michael uh, J. Fox and uh, Doc Brown before Endgame. Before uh, uh, Banner, uh, Banner, Bruce Banner. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, It probably yeah, probably Back to the Future. Trying to think, what are the other good ones? Um, Demolition Man doesn't have time travel. They they just froze. They cryo froze those guys, so they just didn't age. I'll I'll tell you the one that always intrigued the hell out of me that i need to go back and watch was um what's the one with gyllenhaal on the train oh uh, we talked about source code we, we source were, code, me, yeah. me, you and, me and your brother were talking about that not so long ago that what well, yeah yeah but that wasn't that, that wasn't so much time travel that was more of like using somebody's brain to access a, an alternate reality than to bring it into the current yeah. reality. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was basically like whatever he did couldn't change what happened. He just was able to. Um, he he just he had he needed to try to help them. Um, figure out who bombed that train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Source, yeah, so which, source code yeah, code. which then changed the, the the events of time. No, they still – he does something at the end where they, they disconnect him. So that's like him just – I think that's just like a well, form that's, of – Well, I think, that's a, I think that's the thing is they they kind of leave it open-ended to be nah, like – Well, I think, I think they just unplug him and that's his like new reality like in, I guess, heaven, I guess. Not heaven, but you know what I mean? Like everybody I, still I didn't died. Really take it. I, I don't know. I didn't take okay. it that way. That's interpretation. Like everyone was still dead, and he helped. He identified the bomber, so they were able to capture him before he bombed another city. Like that happened, and I think then Gyllenhaal just when they unplugged him, he just kind of went off in that reality. If you believe that in the that there's like an afterlife and you do what you want, but anyway, um, what else was good? You didn't see Men in, Men in Black Three actually did a pretty good job with it. I feel like I saw it, but I don't remember it. <coughs> yeah. Um, Pretty sure I did. Because there was a Men in Black 4. I think that's the one I tapped out on. Oh, uh, that was with um, Thor. It wasn't really 4. It was just like a different... Yeah. It wasn't how like about, a continuation. How about... Um, Tessa Thompson. Ooh, though. My God, I love her so much. 
how about um inception is that time travel or, no. no 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 that's no you're just you're just you're invading somebody's dreams yeah yeah not time travel uh tomorrow war would it would, would have been uh how about um oh uh, uh terminator time cop. time cop i feel like terminator was terrible with with like the what happened like the repercussions of time tra- i don't know and maybe it was on the back end like when they started doing like 12 of them <laughs> yeah and like people started dying that like wouldn't make sense that like, the world would change i don't know i feel like they didn't i feel like it started to fall apart as they did more and more of them which started... one was was the space movie was it <sighs> the space movie yeah where they like did to- it was it was more of like space travel and then like they didn't age because they weren't on earth and they were gone for like a couple years their time but when they came back to earth it was like 50 years in the future or whatever Is that planet of the apes N- no no it was uh matt damon was the bad guy on that other, pl- other oh, planet. oh god that was the other nolan movie um uh interstellar interstellar i love that, that was movie. weird yeah it wasn't time travel it was just like yeah it kind of like was it was just time and space like time just moved differently in the atmospheres they were in yeah like two, 50 minutes on this one planet was like seven years on earth crazy yeah, yeah. i didn't no, back, i didn't back, back i didn't enjoy it did you like it did you like oh, it i loved it i loved it because really i didn't I, like you, it. you know i'm into all that space geek stuff so like i did not the, like the, it the fact that they were on that planet for two hours and the guy was back on the ship for 59 years or whatever that was so like i don't think it was that long but yeah yeah it was it was whatever i think whatever it was i yeah. think i tapped i think i think it, it went off the rails for me when he was trapped in like in between his wall that one, that one scene and it was when it pushing was, the books in time and space. That's what, and then he, end, but then he ended up like not dying and back on the planet where they had moved to. I, that's Love where it, it was kind. It kind of, it kind of lost all credibility at that point for me. No, because it's that's how time travel works, bro. That he just fell into his bookshelf in in the real time on Earth and then didn't age or die and then ended back on that planet. I don't know. Yeah, bra. Come on, I'm not, that's I'm not how bu- time travel works. <laughs> what happened to bra? <laughs> uh i'm not buying what you're selling i did not like it or oh so good i just wasn't a big fan and i mean they they threw in what's his name typical uh alfred what is it michael king even michael king couldn't couldn't save that thing for me um oh, so good and Anne hathaway i got mock like i love all those people matt damon the like the matt damon thing was pretty cool where it was like he he he, he faked it and put the buzzer on because he just was a coward and wanted to be rescued like that was cool i liked i liked that part of it but everything else I thought was dumb. Um, so good. Any other good time travel ones? The Martian wasn't time travel, but that nope. that's a very underrated uh, Damon movie. Yeah. So good. So good. Uh, yeah, well, technically, he would be a maritime pirate. Is this really, is this really the issue right now, guys? Uh, um, you got any other ones? No, I just Googled time travel movies, and the first one to come up was Source Code. Twelve Monkeys is time travel, I think. I don't know. Hot Tub Time Machine. Bruce, well, that's a classic. That that yeah. actually did time travel pretty good. Yeah, the first one and the first one was really good. The second one, I don't think I even made it through all the way. Um, you you never saw Twelve Monkeys, did you? Bruce Willis and Brad Pitt. No, that was pretty good. Oh, how how are we forgetting Tenet? So good, 
so oh. freaking good. <laughs> did that? Did that? Was, did that obey the rules of time travel? Well, it did a totally different take of them. Oh, it was, yeah. It was like a different take of entropy and moving backwards through time, as yeah. opposed to like you, where you actually have to physically rewind yourself. Yeah, that that was freaking amazing. It was a great movie. Uh, uh, I'm surprised Momoa hasn't been in a time travel movie. Maybe yeah. maybe that'll be the theme of Fast Ten, time travel, <laughs> time time travel in the uh, in the Charger. <laughs> what else can they do at this point? Jesus, um, I'm like, what else is on your list? You got any other good ones on there? No, that we haven't already brought up for time travel movies. Nah. Uh, womp womp womp. All right, all right, all right, all right. I think all right, that's good stuff. Done. I'm gonna keep my my uh, march going of of Marvel movies and try and get caught up. Well, I guess I'm to the point where I got to watch all the streaming now. So. Did you get through Spider-Man? Uh, oh, no, no, I, I, I need to get, I got like partway into it. Jake Gyllenhaal. Then I had the call. Which I, I still, I still don't know if that was supposed to be ironic casting because he, he was actually at one point almost, uh, cast to replace Tobey Maguire. That's what Spider-Man I thought. Too. Yeah. That's what Cause I he thought. was, cause Tobey was, I think, I don't know if Tobey got sick or he was just gonna he just was gonna be unavailable and Jake Gyllenhaal was next man up. Yeah. So because that's in Entourage. Well, you didn't watch Entourage, but he replaces Vinny Chase in Aquaman too because Vince quits slash gets fired off of it. So it's funny. It's like Jake <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal takes over and uh, he also he also auditioned for Batman Begins for Batman. Wow. Didn't get it. Thank God. Which was funny because in this, uh, he was on Howard Stern and uh, they were talking about the second. He's like, "Yeah, you know, well, my sister. It was great. It was it was cool because my sister got cast in the second one." He's like, "Yeah, I guess that would have been awkward. How would you uh would would you have would you have done that with your sister?" He's like, "Fuck no, are you crazy?" <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty funny, but uh, all right, man, keep going. Yeah, I mean, I'll, uh, you you'll probably be like this this the, that move that one was okay, but uh, No Way Home was was pretty badass okay i'll get there is that time there might be it there's dimension travel i don't know if it's time travel but speaking of blurring the time carol burnett she came to say it's time to get little gene and jimmy mcgill Time to throw him over the hill. Man, one episode left. Uh, I'm upset that I only now started my freestyle towards the Better Call Saul. Yeah. That's that, 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 that would have been a fun running shtick. Missed opportunity. Yeah. Uh, so, Jordan, did you like the episode? <laughs> yep. 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 <laughs> um... So how do you how do you want to run this? Uh, I just I just want Rain Man to do his thing. Uh, you want to recap? You want to wait to recap everything from the season, the series before we after before after we talk about this episode. Um, let's let's okay let's, 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 let's say let's, this let's, let's do the episode first yeah do the episode and then and then we'll just, we'll just talk about yeah, the journey yeah. like where we came yep 
where yep. we got, and yep. then where we went. Yep. Um, yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So this episode, <laughs> water, so waterworks, which we'll still we'll still see if there was some twist on the title if Saul goes to jail in the finale. But the penult the penultimate. You got it. Penultimate episode, waterworks. Uh, three different storylines here uh, come to. This is how I'm going to cover it. The three storylines. So we have our first sighting of Kim Wexler in the Gene timeline, black and white. Again, the life just sucked out of these two people's worlds. So uh, depressing. Very. She is living in Florida. As Saul mentioned on you know the call uh, last in two weeks in the Breaking Bad episode, she's in Florida. She is working as a catalog editor, um, designer, I guess, for a sprinkler company. Still very fastidious, uh, getting into the details. Like she's going down to the she's going down to the, the you know the the, uh, the manufacturing floor to see these products just to come up with a couple of words to describe them uh but a complete shell of herself uh no more ponytails blonde hair she's dyed her hair brown she's rocking uh long ankle ankle length denim skirts uh she is dating a complete brainless Small, I guess southern wolf. southern ho hum bum uh we're rocking button a button up tiger shirt that you know his his main intellectual conversation with her is whether whether or not uh what's miracle what, whip whether will, or not will be whether good or not enough for their the mayo and the recipes that they're for their together. for their potato salad for a barbecue uh and kim is just completely throughout you know just for living a mundane life down there you know with these three you know, like the women that she's interacting with aren't, you know, the intellectual crowd that, you know, she was with in Albuquerque. Uh, and she's just trying to blend in. She's, you know, every time that the boyfriend asks a question, she always asks, well, what do you think? It's almost like she doesn't trust herself to make decisions because maybe they'll lead to bad things like her Albuquerque life. And uh, probably the most depressed, you thought death was bad. Uh, the I didn't save the tweet. Oh, it was the uh the the this we finally got a, a sex scene with Kim Wexler, and it was the most depressing thing ever. Just listening to this guy go yup, yup, yup as he's uh as he's tearing up Kimmy Kimmy Wexy in uh <laughs> in, in, in in her bedroom, just terrible. But somebody a funny a funny tweet was. Man, I never thought we'd get sadder or more depressing than that little kid getting shot in Breaking Bad with the spider. I was wrong. Watching watching, watching this hillbilly <laughs> get to sleep with Kim Wexler was the most depressing thing I've seen on television. <laughs> Such a great tweet. Seriously. Um, yeah, just sad. Um, she's getting excited over kitty cat birthday cards. So she's completely injured. In, er, gotten herself into this role of just this plain Jane here in Florida until she gets a phone call from Victor St. Clair, which is one of Jimmy McGill's aliases in the earlier seasons. Um, And so you see the other end of the phone call, uh, which really was Jimmy just talking because Kim just wasn't giving him anything. 
Uh, and so he just kept getting nastier and nastier until she would respond to him. And some of the dubbed, some of the dubbed conversation that um, had leaked on Twitter that somebody techno, someone with way too much time on their hands and knows how to do that stuff, got words out. Basically, Kim, Kim told him that he should turn himself in, and then he kind of went off and said, "Turn myself in? You don't know what I did. How about you? Why don't you go turn yourself in?" And he goes, Mike's in the ground, Fring's in the ground, and then he goes, Lalo's in the ground, Suppose apparently. So he's still not sure if Lalo Salamanca – I got a kick out of that. He, yeah. he still isn't sure if Lalo Salamanca is dead. I love – God. But Lalo, Lalo is the king of the series. Uh, <laughs> and then it just really just ends, and then he tries to redirect the conversation, and she just tells him, I got to go. I'm glad. I'm glad you're still alive. And that's that ends the phone call. And the next time we see Kim, she is on her way to the airport on a flight to Albuquerque, and she goes to the courthouse, which is what a scene. Like goes yeah. up to Mike. She goes up to Mike's um, Mike's toll booth at in the parking lot. He's been replaced by a machine. She goes into the hallways. Everybody that was there is gone. There's a new, basically like a new Kim Wexler doing her pro bono stuff. And she gives a deposition about the the accounts of what really happened to Howard Hamlin, which she then shares with his wife, Cheryl. That really, it outlines everything. It name drops Mike, Fring, Lalo. Everybody, um, yeah. Everybody. And they're all, because they're all apparently dead, so I guess there's no risk. And... The well, scene Frank, she, Oh yeah, yeah, my bad. Yeah, say, yeah, yeah. As it and and Cheryl reads it and kind of goes, "Well, are you going to go to jail? What's going to happen?" She goes, "The pro, the process up to the prosecutor. There's really no evidence. We don't know where Howard's body is. So, the only person that can corroborate is my ex-husband if he's alive. So she doesn't dime out Saul. Um, and Cheryl goes, "Well, I could I could take you to civil court and sue you for everything." She goes, "You could." Or yeah, I think she says, "Yup," <laughs> too, which was funny. And uh, finally, it ends with Kim leaving, and she's on a bus, and she's having some reactions, and it's like she's keeping it together, keeping it together, and then for about a minute, just breaks out into just crying and dry heaving, which sobbing, total breakdown. I'm pretty sure that on the the, tram at at the at the Albuquerque airport. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that. The way they broke up these seasons, she'll be eligible for an Emmy next year as well. If Ray Seahorn doesn't win Best Supporting Actress this year or next year, why are we even doing these awards? Like, why? She's tremendous. Um, I got it, and that's yep. and that's that's our black and white Kim Wexler timeline of the show. That took up about thirty about thirty minutes of the episode. Uh, thoughts on my my big takeaway from that was. I, I did not give a shit about Cheryl. I still don't care about Cheryl. Like I, I think like they put that in there to give Cheryl some peace that like she finds out the truth about Howard that you know he wasn't a drug addict that killed himself. I don't really care. She treated him like such shit in that like one scene. I'm like, why don't why do I care about her feelings and her conscience? And yeah. she was she was awful. Not even that like, one scene. She she made him sleep out in the uh, yeah he was sleeping out in the guest in the house. pool house for for a year. A better better part of a year. Yeah, I don't. I could care less about her. Like, I'm just like, I like. I get why they had the scene there, but I, I do think the writers want you to have some empathy for sure. I don't care. Like, even yeah, when Kim, even when Kim gave her the business, or Kim basically completely broke bad 
uh, at the at the um, the prayer like the memorial service and basically 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 put it on her for not you know for basically not being more involved with Howard. I was like, I just I don't care. You're you're not a good person <laughs> to your yeah. husband at least. So didn't care about her. But I mean, the whole thing was I I thought right Seahorn was great. Um, you know, and they didn't kill off Kim. And because this, I mean, this in a way is a worse fate for her than death. She's, you know, she's just, she's basically suppressing everything that made her, you know, this remarkable person that could help people with her law acumen and everything just to putting together this. Nothing wrong with what her, her job, but just doing sprinkler catalogs and dating a guy that probably doesn't ask her any questions about her life. So she can kind of just, you know, go with the flow with him and do this thing and, you know, having having barbecues, trying to figure out if the devil eggs are Florida State University colors. Yep. Uh, you were get, you were getting pretty emotional during during this scene, right? You wanted to cry with her on the bus, right? Yeah, I, w- I, I was I was I was uh, it was tugging at the heartstrings. You were like, you man. were you were about thirty minutes be- or yeah, you were about thirty minutes behind me, and you were just kept t- you just kept tweeting. This is depressing. Wow, could this not, get more? Not depre- tweeting, texting, texting. Sorry, <coughs> and I don't even. And I'm like, I'm like, and I'm like, oh, you caught up. You're like, I'm only like 12 minutes in, dude. <laughs> and you're like, this can't get more depressing. And I'm just sending you like dots. Like, keep watching, bud. Um, but yeah, so could be the last time we see Kim. I, I don't think so. I think we will see Kim in the finale. Um, I think I I still think there's too much unresolved with her and Jimmy, and we will get. We will get some interaction with the two of them here in the finale, but that was that that timeline. Um, the second story in this episode was a flashback to the last time Jimmy saw actually saw Kim in the pre-Breaking Bad timeline, which was to sign their divorce papers. So the episode, the opening scene in the episode is Saul in his office. He's throwing that ball against the wall like he was doing in the cell phone store when he was just trying to kill time. And Francesca calls him, and she's like, "It's like almost eight o'clock. Like, all this place is still packed." And Saul goes, "Don't worry about it." And then he opens uh, a package of papers, and it's his divorce papers from Kim. And you just see him just break. Like, you see a little little hint of tears coming out of his eyes, and then he just sucks it up and calls Francesca and says, "What are you waiting for? Send her in." And so it's like, "Oh shit, Kim, you're gonna see Jimmy." jimmy kim pre-breaking bad again um they spread this throughout the episode so it's not one congruent scene but she then comes in she's signing he's completely saw goodman not jimmy mcgill uh he's playing on his phone acting like he just doesn't give a shit that she's there and she passes him the papers he starts signing it she's kind of looking around the office like what the fuck am i looking at because <laughs> he's in he's in the full saw office now with the constitution in the back and the pillars and he's like pretty great right you should have taken your half of the sandpiper buku buku swampland money um huh. he asks her why florida and before she can even answer he's like eh, doesn't matter doesn't matter why right doesn't matter why or doesn't something like doesn't doesn't matter where or why like alluding to the fact as you know doesn't really matter where you're running to as long as you're running away right um throws the paperwork and just tells her to have a nice life and have have a nice life have a nice life kim and like you can kind of see her like she wants to say something but i think i don't know how to interpret that like did she did she kind of see through 
his act that like he he was just putting on this facade because she broke him so bad that she didn't want to she didn't want to make it about her and that how she would how he was you know how he wasn't being fair to her in that moment that's kind of how i took it not that she was like pissed at him it was more of her repressing herself like she's doing in florida world where she's just gonna let him i I just figured that he was clearly pissed and was was being uh, obtuse she was she's the one that brought this on anyway so what else was there to say so she was just like she went to say something but there was nothing to say so she just kind of just left and that's what's like so great like that's why this show is just so effing good and different from other and even with breaking bad they just develop these characters over the seasons with so many layers that like in reality like in that scene i should be like saul you're a fucking dick like and i should be like feeling for kim but i'm just like nah man like she like she completely she completely broke him and basically told him that he wasn't good enough for her unless you know she she wasn't she wouldn't she couldn't be with him unless that he was slipping jimmy and scamming and scheming and that's how all, all these things happen because of that. And now it's like, oh, all right, uh, let's let's have you know, c- can we be cordial about you know signing these divorce papers or whatnot? Um, like I I was rooting for like I I was on Saw side. I'm like fuck her. Um, but you probably saw was he was being the, the dick. It just they're just so great. Like they just uh, all these characters just live in the gray, man. Except for Nacho's dad. Yep. They're all just in the gray. Um, and as she as she's leaving, Francesca calls in a familiar face, Emilio, who was in the first Jesse Pinkman's original meth cooking partner uh, and Crazy Eight's cousin in the first two episodes of Breaking Bad, who they dissolve in the bathtub. He uh, he walks into Saul's office, and so Kim walks out. It's pouring out, and as soon as they did a shot where they had one of the pillars of the outside of the building show up. I knew Jesse Pinkman was going to be there. They did the same thing in the the finale of Breaking Bad in the kitchen with Skyler, where there was a a, a pillar in the kitchen and and Walt was behind it. Um, and so, every fans finally got the long awaited a long awaited scene of two characters that they kind of say parallel each other in the two series, uh, Kim and Jim or Kim and um, uh, Jesse. Jesse's basically out there talk try, bums a smoke. That was uh, right. a much better version of Jesse than we got. They they definitely episode. younged him up. They definitely young younged him up in I that scene. I, didn't, I don't even think they younged him up. I think they just gave him more of his original dialogue. Oh, uh, I thought I I thought he looked his face looked younger in this one too. But yeah, think, agreed. I didn't think he looked or sounded younger. I thought it was okay. just the dialogue was more original. The, more his, Jesse Pinkman like. Yeah. Yeah, and he uh, so basically he recognizes her because she they gave a little little twist in there. They said she defended Combo for like a little you know a small petty crime and he goes and asks her so this goodman guy see the real deal is he any good and she goes when i knew him he was and then she runs off into the rain into her car um and that which that i mean you could even leave her character there and end her story at that point in time uh i agree thoughts on my my biggest takeaways from that sequence um i i thought i thought that it was a little too long with jesse with the combo thing, I would have just had it him bumming the smoke, uh, and then just asking about Saul. I wouldn't even have gone into the whole combo. I thought it was a little dragged out at that point, but much better 
and I thought much more impactful than the Breaking Bad scene from two's episode or last episode. Um, and yeah, I just Saul's Saul's Joker like suit in the scene was great, and just tremendous yeah. acting from. You know, like Seahorn doesn't even say anything really to him, and she's great. And Odekar, like him, him transitioning between Jimmy, Saul, and Gene is just just awesome this season. And uh, he played it off great. I just another great home run scene from these guys. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> Which brings us into our last our last segment. Back to Gene Tekovic, who we lost saw we last saw him was breaking into uh, Stewart. We're just gonna call him Big Bang Stewart's house uh, or Cancer Patient X. Um, completely breaking the rules, breaks into the house. Uh, the guy is still out cold on his floor. He gets the gets the information to steal his identity that he wanted. Jeffy's back. Jeffy's out there in 20 minutes, can walk out the door, get away with it. But, man, he's just, no, nah, I'm going to keep pushing the limits. Goes back in the house, goes upstairs, just starts rummaging through his stuff, grabbing cigars, pouring himself a drink. And, of course... Patient X wakes up, and Jimmy's trying to figure out a way out of the house. In the at the same time, a cop car pulls up behind Jeffy, which I thought they, they get a little too cute with this sometimes, with just like things of chance. That like like why would a cop car just randomly pull over on this like random side street yeah, while they eat their point. fish tacos? They do that a little too much, like with like things of coincidence uh, in both series. I didn't really like it here. Like I didn't think it played well, but. I, I get it to, to get you where you needed to go. Um, Stewart, he's J- Jimmy's trying to figure out how to get out of the house, and he's at the point where he's he he picks up an urn of uh, the guy's the guy's dog who passed away, the ashes, and is basically planning to hit him over the head with it to knock him out, kill him, whatever, yep. to get out of there. And after Stewart passes out again, and as he's about to get out, Jeffy panics and. Peels off into the road, which I thought Saul called him on the phone and told him to do that to get rid of the cops, and he would sneak out. Oh, maybe he. I don't think it, he did though. I don't. I don't think he did either. But it was yeah. definitely a, a pretty good plan. That was what I thought he was because I think he was going to say they, they, you know, they they won't be able to charge you with anything because you don't like basically what he said to him over the phone call. Right. But they wouldn't have then re, they wouldn't have gone through that again if he had called him in the first place. So I think it was just Jeffy panicking and just peeled out. Why he wouldn't just have drove away normally, I don't know. But he decided to peel out, crashes the car. Well, so the co- I, I think he <coughs> crashed so that he could distract the cops so that uh, Gene could get out of there. Oh, I think he just peeled out by accident and ran into the car. No, no, I thought that was all like a plan. I, like I thought that I don't was think like, so. like, hey, I'm gonna do this, distract the cops, and then you know, then Gene will just go get him out. You think Jeffy's that that smart to have thought of that? Uh, no. But then after they after Jeffy called Gene, and then they were talking it through, then I was like, oh crap, he got right out of there, and then now he'll go break him out, and as long as he Jeffy just says what happened like you know they're they'll get out of this scot-free uh yeah see i don't i i don't think he thought i thought i thought i think he just panicked and drove off that's what i just, thought originally but then i thought it was coordinated yeah i don't think i i don't think so um but anyway either way Saul does get out takes the bus home which again he takes the bus home kim's taking the bus home just parallels between these guys and 
He doesn't make himself the full doers, which was interesting. Um, he doesn't water it down at all. I saw that. And he's uh, Jeffy calls him after he does his magic his magic slip and Jimmy fingers, uh, and he tells him, "Don't worry, we're gonna post bail, but we're gonna have your mom do it." So he calls Marion, who's you know just upset that Jeffy's fallen into a bad pattern. Gene tries to reassure her that no, I, I think it was just you know wrong place, wrong time. We'll go down there. I'll 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 put up the bail. Uh, you know, don't worry about it. And she brings up she brings up how she ran up credit card debt with the bondsman in Albuquerque to get him out one time. And slipping Jimmy, he slips and goes. And don't worry, it's not like Albuquerque. You don't need to do this. And Carol Burnett, who we've been saying, and my mom, my mom pointed it out to me when we talked about it after we first saw her. You don't bring Carol Burnett in for this role just to be watching kitty cat videos. And they, they, they made it a point to show how sharp she was and how still with it she was in that first scene that you saw her in, in the first black and white episode. And she immediately remembers how Gene told her two episodes ago he's never been to Albuquerque. But yet he just says that he knows how Albuquerque's bail bonds works. So uh, fast forward, she 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 plugs she plugs in her laptop with the car. I love she plugs it in with the phone cord. Yeah, and um, <laughs> Saul's in the car singing that ridiculous song. Um, do you remember what it was? No. Then I'm gonna be your number one. Just oh my god, so funny. Odin Kirk uh, gets to Marion's house. Uh, goes in the back door because she's not answering and she goes oh I'm, I'm, I'm just not feeling well gene why don't you go without me and her headphone he hears the noise through the headphones the better saw call the better call saw commercials uh and he look he opens the laptop and sees it and you see the color of the commercials in his glasses just like you did in the very first episode of better call saw when he's watching it in his apartment and uh yeah she she went to ask jeeves which was great yeah typed in con man albuquerque and interesting that saul goodman popped up i'm sure other things popped up and she just happened to then find him but she puts two and two together and uh he gets to another point where he pulls her phone cord out of the wall when she's about to call the cops and i thought he was just gonna maybe tie her up other people were like, "Oh, people were." I think I think the the intent was to think that he's going to kill her. To That's what I thought. Himself. Is he? Yeah. Is he gonna? Is he gonna? And I think that, I think I, I think you're more on top of that. Just kind of listening to some of the um, insider podcasts the other day. Well, I think that I was, was more. I was watching uh, Talking Dead, Talking no, Saul, sorry, Talking Saul, and and even Odenkirk was like, "Yeah, he he gets the wire and he's about to kill her or yeah. whatever he's about to do." Yeah, so definitely more than what I was expect. Well, how I took it, I thought he was just gonna tie her up with the phone cord on like a chair, um, and she gets her. What is it? The risk life? What is that thing? Uh, life alert. Life alert. And he goes, Marion, don't do it. And he goes, last chance. And then she looks at him and goes, I trusted you. And he hesitates. And whether it's you know early Jimmy with you know having the soft spot for the elderly or just him realizing that there's just a line like to me that scene Saul's never had to get his hands dirty before yeah ter- like he's he's I always was talking to somebody else about this too he is he's, he's he's always been an agent or the middleman to clean up other people's hand- like he's done bad things like he heinous things. he's not a killer there's a he's never killed anybody Yes. Him bending the law and him being a killer. Yeah, and he's he's cleaned up other people that have committed murderous messes. Like he'll that's him him just being his middleman with the book, but he's never had to do it. He almost he was they they put him in a situation with 
Stewart with the urn, but he passed out, so he didn't have to face that line. But with Marion, she wasn't backing down. So he came to that point where he had to make a decision, and he never wanted, he didn't go Walter White. So Walter, to me, that's kind of the difference in these two characters now, where we are is going to last episode. Walter White crossed that threshold when he poisoned Brock to where there was no return from him. He would, he didn't care, no matter what he had to do, whether it was poisoning a small child or killing somebody and blowing up a nursing home, he was going, he was going to self, go into self-preservation mode no matter what. And Jimmy, even in this like desperate moment, just couldn't do it. So he let, she call she calls the life alert. What is it? Yeah, life Li- alert. Life yeah. alert says there's a there's a, a criminal in my home and his name is Saul Goodman. And then you see you see Gene run out of the house and that's where the episode ends. Um All of it was well done. Uh so tense while he's in that fucking house, man. I don't know if yep. you were like had Ajita the whole time he was in there. I did. I'm like, yeah, get I was out of the house. Heavy. He just wants to be, I think, and it's like he, it's either him wanting to be caught or basically him, him just having the bravado as I'm smarter than everybody. If I, if no matter how, how, how much I raise the stakes, I'm, I'm the La Cacarocha. I'm going to get out. I'm going to, I'm a survivor. I'm going to get out of it. Um, and now here's where he is. So that's, that's the end of the episode. There's something to be said about him wanting to get caught. Um, I don't know if that's it or not, but. I mean, you could definitely make that argument, and it, it definitely holds water just because, like, that you could argue that's why he just keeps going. Because, like, he's not, he, like, where Kim accepts, like, the life and moves on, he just can't. And he's always the scammer. And so, he's the, uh, like, uh, he's, tra- he's just going to yeah. scam it until it burns down. And, like, and I, yeah, I, I've started the, rewatching, like, like her calling the cops on him is his way out unlike kim who needs to have like a dirty air like it needs to come clean like he he's not coming clean like he's just going until it burns down and so like yeah it's almost it's not it's not necessarily that he wants to get caught but at the same point it's a little bit of a relief that he can't stop himself it's a little bit of relief that it ends because he he yeah like you said he he's not the one that can stop it yeah and i yeah, as as you know, everyone knows. I you know I just throw on old shows in the background while I'm working because it's how I kind of like get in the flow of things. So I I've re I <laughs> I just finished season two. So like I've restarted the season trying to I'm gonna see if I can get through it all before the finale um, this week. And Chuck, everything Chuck said about him, as I mean, as much as Chuck was an unlikable character because we're all empathizing with Jimmy, everything he said about what he hit it on. He's like, you're like an alcoholic, like you can't stop, like you're slipping Jimmy. You know, yep. you're, uh, you know, he's like, that, you, that's why when you said, you know, you always said that Kim was the one that pushed it more. And I always kind of felt like they were co- co-equals and all that. Myself. No, well, the Howard scam was Kim. I, uh, Kim. I, yeah, but see, I always thought, cause when he said like, are you sure you want to do this? Like to me, that was like fake. Like, like, of course he wanted to keep going. I don't like, know. Cause I he, think he, he just, he just wanted her to be in it as much as him. That's, that's I think what he, I, thought. I just, I think he honestly, he just couldn't like, live with, he couldn't live with being the lead on it. He needed to know that she was mm, equal with him. And I thought, I thought that's what that was. About I think myself. he, I think, I think he was always hesitant for her to become, to, for her to get into that, like become part of that world with him fully. Okay. Because he knew how good she was, and I, 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 I don't, I, I, I just, I still don't. Which, and nobody's right. I mean, it's however you. Yeah, it's an it. opinion. So it's just that's a, just a that's speculation. Kinda, 
that's kind of how I I took it. Interpretation, um, yeah. Yeah, and especially especially when the especially when Lalo got involved at the end of season 5 with her because he was like you don't see Lalo, I see Lalo. Like you can't be part of this. And that's when they went into hiding after he visited them the first time and he's like, "Am I bad for you? Like I'm 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 putting you at risk by these things I'm doing now. I don't want you to do that." And she's thinking, you know, we're not going to – we only work together if we're doing these scams and stuff. And then she gets pissed at Howard and it ups the ante. And he's like in that mindset of I, I don't want – I don't I don't want you doing this because you're too you're too good to be doing this stuff. But anyway, um, so go – so let's recap it real quick where, where we've come from. Uh, yeah, how did this season start, episode one? So you want to do the season or just the series? Uh, just just i mean i think we know where the, the series started but how about episode one like, yeah so we started we started right after right after the assassination attempt on lalo um jimmy assassination jimmy and, attempt on Lalo. oh that's, that's how the series season, started. season season no this the season you're talking about right oh yeah yeah the season yeah, yeah, yeah. so season six yeah so season five oh, ends he, with okay and he has to like go change out the dental work and all yeah that so stuff. season five okay. ends with the failed assassination attempt and jimmy and kim are in that hotel room plotting and kim comes up with the piper sam piper howard scheme um and they think lalo's dead because mike says they're gonna kill him so season six starts with lalo getting his ducks in a row so that he can he can come back and get revenge on frank so he kills the body double with the dental records um jimmy and kim start planting the seeds of their elaborate the big scheme yeah. to defame yeah to defame howard which and that was also them showing the writing and the typing of those names and that scene with cheryl was actually all was really cool um but anyway um so they're set they're laying the groundwork they're doing they're doing all the um you know they take his car they get you know wendy the prostitute involved they plant the co- you know fake cocaine in his in his golf locker. Um, meanwhile, you know then the whole other storyline is Mike and Fring trying to prepare for they they know Fring knows Lalo is not dead. Um, Nacho's still alive in Mexico. They've got to tie that loose end up. So Nacho basically sacrifices himself to save his father um, while telling Hector and the Salamancas to go piss off, and he put him in the chair, which. Top, that definitely a top five. I don't even know. Can you even do that? There's been so many fucking home run scenes in yeah. this se- in this season here. But that then it's almost like the nacho scenes like forgotten, and that was just amazing. Um, you think of me, so good. Yeah. Um, they can't. Lalo Lalo realizes he's got to go to Germany to figure out what the hell they were building all that time. Get fi- figures out the super yeah. lab. So now it's the whole plot, um, you know, realizes that Gus is a step ahead of him and knows he's still alive. So he then goes to Jimmy and Kim's apartment to use them as ploys. And Howard's in the wrong place at the wrong time, trying to confront them about, you know, pulling the fast one on him uh, in the Sandpiper uh, mediation. And Lalo shoots Howard. So that's how that's how the first half of the season ends. And then we pick right up where he basically wants Kim or Jimmy to go <laughs> go shoot Fring, but it's just a distraction for him to get to the super lab. Gus gets get upper hand on him, kills him in the super lab. Um, and Jimmy and Kim just realize that they, you know, they've ruined so many lives here. 
with this scheme. HHMM closes, so now Hamlin and Chuck's legacy dies. People are going to be laid off. Cheryl, you know, is a wreck. Thick and Howard was a, you know, she, you know, maybe, maybe her, maybe her, you know, separating from him led to him becoming a drug addict and suicide uh, to the point where Kim quits the law and quits Jimmy, which, you know, one of the most heart wrenching scenes when he's just begging her to stay and tells her, I love you. And she, for the first time, and she goes, I love you too, but so what? And, lets him know that she knew about Lalo and didn't tell him because he would have called off the scam, went to protect her and they would have broke up and she was just having too much fun. Uh, he goes full Saul Goodman and Gene Tekovic just goes back into being Gene, slipping Jimmy. They do the scam with Jeffy at the mall. And after this phone call with Kim, um, he just falls back into it and they do the, uh, they start the identity theft scam and now Marion caught him and he's out the door leading up to the finale. So seven years of slipping Jimmy, man, uh, this show has been so good. Anybody that gave up on it after the first six episodes, because it was too slow. I just feel sorry. I feel sorry for you. Um, tremendous writing, storytelling, uh, Odenkirk's been great. Chuck was great. The act, every every I, I can't even think of anybody that was bad in this in this series at all. Um, even the scene I sent a scene today to you and our our buddy Teddy. Uh, the scene with Nacho and Mike, Nacho's dad and Mike, is like low key one of the best scenes of the season. Where to your point, he basically the whole method of the show where he basically just says, "You gangsters are all the same." And that's really all these people are like ever all these people think there's some some code that makes them better and above other people. Like even Kim, when she was when she you know, she was representing Mesa Verde and they were gonna put that old guy out, which they legally had the right to do, but she felt that she was superior to them to decide that he should be able to stay where he wants and the law shouldn't matter. Like everybody, everybody is like like nobody nobody is um yeah, that that was low you know key saying? like a like a really important scene. It really um, was. It really was. That's and... a good that's a good call by you uh, pointing out the importance of that scene because it it's it's pretty much like a thesis on all of it. It's like yeah, thanks you, for you, real you, that in for me. Yeah, yeah, you like you you get into that world and it's like like you said like there's tit for tat, but it's all bad. Like it's all like it's there's no there's no moral high ground in that world. And that dad is right. He's like, yeah, like you can like you can say it's revenge or whatever, like, but it's it's just all gangster shit and it's it's yeah. all wrong. Like so yeah. like there's no like, there's there's no you're not a good guy. Like Like even Jimmy, like everybody like like Jimmy's not a good person. <laughs> like he may he may have a good heart at times, but he's awful. Like he's yeah. he's been awful. Um Kim, same with Kim. Like I know people are cheering for Kim to have this big redemption. She's been off. Like all these people, yeah, uh, have been off. Even Chuck, like Chuck, Chuck's like Chuck, who generally wasn't a terrible person, but his jealousy of Jimmy, like you know, and that that's that's what's heartbreaking about Saul is that yeah, like Saul, he's made all these decisions, and we'll get this is kind of where we'll I'll lead into the finale, what we think will happen. He's made all these decisions to where he is, but. Jimmy McGill was never good enough for anybody. Like, 
when he when he tried to play it straight and he worked his way in the mailroom and was stud you know went to law school did did night classes and the weekend stuff online worked his ass off while working the job and passes the bar to become a lawyer like Chuck just resented him because he's like, oh, I worked like hard and did this the right way and you're just sliding into it. But it's like he didn't slide in. Like he went to law school. Like he, he, he doesn't think he's equal to you, but like he's trying to turn his life around. And like, yeah, because it was like, what, what was the school? It was like the university of Samoa. <laughs> some, yeah. It was like some kind of online. Yeah. Like online. Well, he, yeah, he, he was doing it online. Random he school. Yeah. But he was working and yeah. And Chuck's just, and you know, Chuck in that, that, amazing scene in the first season where he just goes off he's like you're not a real lawyer he's like community college a, tr- a, a correspondence school what a joke um but jimmy like with the sandpiper case like he found that case and chuck like he could have worked you know they could have howard the only person that the only person jimmy mcgill actually was good enough for was howard hamlin like howard wanted to hire chuck wanted to hire jimmy but chuck didn't want him there and yes, yeah, you know man, and like good point yeah so he so so he turned yeah so he turned you know so now he tur- so he turned he turned bad again because it was like he just wanted his brother's respect and to be you know to be loved by chuck and chuck just basically you know told him because he was jealous of jimmy he was like fuck you man um and then with kim like you know he to me he wanted to protect her and not do the skate like with lalo and all this stuff and you know she only really she she only really wanted to be with him if they were scamming together. And Jimmy McGill, like, because she says that she's like, we would have went away until it was safe. We would have stopped the scheme on Howard, and we would have broke up. It's like because Jimmy McGill wasn't good enough for her. So it's like, yeah, he's he's made these decisions, but like anytime he's ever just tried to be a normal guy, like outside of Davis and Maine, like where he didn't he just didn't want that like normal job. It just hasn't been good enough. And yeah, I was gonna say How- Howard. Even remember Howard tried to hire him after Chuck died. He wanted to bring him in. He's like, yeah. listen, like I always liked you. Like I think we could use. We're retooling the firm. Like I could use you. Like come work for me. And he just, you know, whether it was resentment towards Chuck or the guilt of Chuck killing himself because the insurance thing sent him over the edge, he just blamed Howard and went off in a rage. <laughs> Howard's the only guy who loves slipping Jimmy. Um, yeah. So finale, in a, in a um, strange twist of irony. Yeah, I Kim Kim doing the affidavit has now thrown a monkey wrench into my long theory for the last year and a half that he would he he will get caught whether he turns himself in or he just gets caught by the authorities. I've always believed that Kim would somehow represent him and. You, I don't. I, I always kind of vision, envisioned it that they'd be sitting at the, you know, the the courtroom table together, and that's where it would end. You wouldn't, you wouldn't know whether or not he got off or not, or what the sentence was. Just that she, she was there with him. Well, they could still be sitting at the at the uh, courtroom table together, but it might just be they both, they both might be getting prosecuted. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. Well, because my mom, I was, again, I catch representing I, themselves, yeah. maybe. Yeah, me and my mom always catch up on it afterwards because we're both big fans. She brought up Kim probably would get disbarred. She probably wouldn't be able to get reinstated after that deposition's on file. But, you know, it they could take some liberties there. So I do think this still ends up with him in jail. Um, I think that's how the show ends. I don't think they'll kill him. I, I don't know. At this point, I don't – everybody else is dead, so why kill him too? Um, I think I'm torn now between – him turning himself in 
as he's about to try to call the Hoover Max guy again. Because the, 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 the preview is um, a scene of his old car in the ditch where he left it in the desert when he was getting Lala's money. And in the background, you just hear him breathing heavily, repeating the Hoover Max Pro V 600 um, series, which I don't think he's not going back to that car in the desert. That's just, I think that's just going to be a montage part of a montage scene where they go revisit the different parts of his life in Albuquerque. Um, I think he's going possibly on the run. He's repeating that to himself as he's trying to hustle to get his diamonds and everything. And I think he just decides he's not going to run and he's going to wait and get picked up by the cops. Um, I don't know how she plays in. It would be pretty crazy if he somehow finds a way to Florida. He'd have to take a bus because Gene Tech, his identity's burned now. So I'm sure he couldn't get on a plane. He'd have to take a bus or drive or whatever. Um, if he went to Florida to, to meet her, to talk to her, and she fucking called the cops on him. That would be a turn that I wouldn't have seen, but after this last episode, definitely something that's possible. What do you? I see. I see him ending up in jail. That's where I end up. What? What, what do you think is going to happen here in this um, hour and forty finale? Well, I, I, I'm. All right. I don't know how else to say this, but I kind of want him to die. Oh yeah. And, Why's that? And only because of what we just talked about with Nacho's dad. It's like mm. and, and and you just brought it up. Like everyone else is dead, so why would they kill him? Like, well that's like, that's kind of the point. Like that's kind of like Nacho's dad's point is like all of you all of this criminal activity just leads like to death. And now jail, I guess, you know, cuz people always say like, "Oh, you get caught up in this stuff, you end up in dead or you end up dead or in jail." So I guess that kind they kind of go hand in hand. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's either death or jail. I don't, I don't see him getting a new identity and actually starting a new somewhere. I don't, I don't think that's, that's how this plays out. Yeah. No, no, there will be no happy ending. And I, I, that's why I I do love this about the writers because it may, they may, there may be some twists and turns, but the end result is, yeah, that makes a lot of sense that that would happen. This isn't going to be an Ozark where, all the birds are going to survive uh, after, you know, double crossing the cartel and the FBI. Like that's not how this show is going to go. So um, yeah, I'm going to miss it, man. Ugh. But I, I mean, I could, I could definitely see him ending up in jail. Um, yeah. I think he's just going to, I think he's finally going to come to, I feel like he's always blamed. Do you think there's a chance he would kill himself? No, I don't think they'll go that dark. Um, I don't think they would either. I don't. But but I, it, would it fit the character though? No. I don't like think like so. like rather rather than face jail time. Do you think he'd rather just off himself? I think no. I because I think or, even, and ra- rather than live with the fact that like yeah I'm a criminal. No, I think he'd rather be be in jail as the J.J. Dillinger of con men. Like he said to Walter, "Turn yourself in. You'll be the J.J. Dillinger of the Albuquerque MCU." Um, before you die and at least your family won't be um, holding the bag for you. I, I just, I think he'll have, I think you'll finally see him have this self because he's always made up and he's always made, he's always made excuses for why he does the things. Cause like Chuck said, you think you're doing these things for good, but you're just destroying like, like other, you're, you're leaving other people with the, ba- like holding the bag and hurting them. 
And he's always had an excuse, like he sabotaged Chuck with the um, the Mesa Verde addresses because he wanted he thought Kim he thought Kim should deserve the client. So you know he thought he was doing something good, but he didn't realize. Well, you broke all these laws and you hurt all these people because you wanted Kim to be happy. Like I think he's finally gonna have that moment where he's like, I've done I've done this to myself. I'm to blame, and he's gonna realize that he needs to be like I need to be put to your point. He can't do it, but he knows he needs to be. So it's gonna end up with him in jail. That's my that's my thought. Okay. Or who knows? Maybe he ends up in fucking Alaska with Jesse. <laughs> um, but I'll be curious. To, we'll we'll get the Walter White scene. I'll be curious to see what they how they what, what they do with Walter here in this last scene. So and how they how they in, intertwine that. Um, do you quick rapid fire? Do we see Kim in this episode? Yep. 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 Um, does G do we see Saul in Albuquerque again? Hmm. Um. Yeah. Do Saul and Kimmy reconcile on good terms? No. Do we see the yep 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 guy again? Yep. Yep. No. <laughs> No, <laughs> I don't think we do either. Uh, I'm with you on everything so far. Nope, uh, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> um, will we see Mike Ehrmantraut in the series finale? No. Agreed. Uh, who else? Who else? I don't... Th- oh. The only other... there's only, To me, there's only one other loose end that they could do a flashback for. Do we see how Saul got the black book? Ooh, uh, no, I agree. I don't think they're gonna. I don't do you, think that's. Do you I, think that somehow Skyler plays into this last episode? I don't. No, I. I you, feel like you, they, could, you could see where they could pull her in, though, right? I do. I think they've been. If, I if think they go after pretty, everything he's ever done. She can't. But she, that was always her story, though, that she didn't know anything. So, like, I don't think she could do that. She already got her deal, so maybe it wouldn't matter. But like that was that was like the story for her to not be implicated with with Walt, that she didn't know what was happening. Okay. Um, but I feel like they've been pretty upfront about the characters that you're going to see in this season because to them, like people people are so ingrained. People are more concerned about Kim Wexler's fate and Jimmy that. The cam- like, that's why they announced the cameo. They didn't care about announcing the cameos of Cranston and um, and Aaron Paul because they're like, I I don't think people even care. Like they're more at this point. This is Jimmy and Kim's show. Like it's not Breaking Bad. So I think they would. You could though, but yeah, you could see Skyler. I'm trying to think of any other Breaking Bad characters that are still alive. Marie, I don't think so. Um, you could see a cameo of Skinny Pete and Bad or Skinny Pete and uh, and Badger, but I don't think that would make any sense. Um, how about uh, Walt? How about Walt's son? What was his name? Walt Jr. Wasn't it? Walt Jr. No. Um. Yeah. Well, it was it was it was Walt Jr. But he went by Flynn at some point to the show. Oh yeah. Um. But uh, no, I don't think you will. Um, I'll be curious the montage they did. They're I'm sorry, they're gonna have a montage. That's why they showed the esteem in that clip. Um, how they kind of tie that together. All the Salamancas are dead. Fring's guys are all dead. Yeah, like everyone's in the ground, like he said. So, 
Um, the hour 40. So we got it's a lot of runtime. Almost as long long as this uh, podcast. Yeah, I I thought this was gonna be a quick one tonight. I <laughs> know, so did I. <laughs> <laughs> we're just we're just we we just get too much in the flow, my man. Oh, uh, the saw um, the saw goodness. But it, yeah, saw good man. Uh, and the episode I think we said it last week, but the episode title is Saw Gone. So yeah, well, that, yeah, maybe he is dead, or just or to me that's why I said like every he'll just. He'll finally let all that go and just be Jimmy McGill and realize, like, yeah, I, I'm i a bad guy. I need to be punished. Yeah. All right. Maybe uh, maybe, maybe, maybe he deserves, a, as punishment, a, a sex scene with the yep, 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 yep guy. Oh. Or <laughs> or another gu- similar guy in jail. <laughs> oh, last – oh, I'm sorry. Last The last quick fire I had. What color is this episode in? Ooh. I think it's in color. Uh, you think it stays black and white? I well, can they do color if it's in if it's present day? Well, I've I you know my whole thing with the black and white is you know it's supposed to represent that like just the life being sucked out of Saul, and now you've seen it with Kim and just being lifeless and like nothing. There's not. It's like just a shell now. He's he's outed. So now Gene Gene Tekovic's gone. Like now he's he's back on the run as Saul Goodman. So they'll probably keep it in black and white. But I I, I wouldn't shock me if this was a color episode in this yeah. timeline. Yeah, because that's and, what the black. Got to figure too. Like, how do they want to end this series? Do they want to end this series in black and white? That'd be a little weird, right? I mean, they're they that's right up there. That would still be right up their alley. I mean, they've done three straight in black and white. Um, but yeah, I don't know. To me, like, there's more, like, Kim's, Kim's had her her moment of you know, of release here to where she's gotten this off her chest. So now maybe she can go back to just living her living a normal life, and be in color. Now, now that now Gene the, the Gene persona is gone completely. So now that he's back as Saul and Jimmy, putting it in color. I'm I'll be I'll be interested to see how they do it. Yeah, me too. Uh, all right, all right, all right. All right, ended up being one of our longer ones. I don't, I don't have anything else. I'm excited to see how it ends. I'm disappointed that it's ending, but I, I don't mean, hate it. Yeah, I mean, uh, shoot, it's gonna be, it's gonna be good. Hopefully, uh, hope, hopefully, hopefully they they do a good. Jo- I mean, they do. They've done a good job with everything. Hopefully, it's just yeah. satisfying enough. I'll uh, I'll be on vacation, so I gotta. Hopefully my oh, apps gosh. will. Hopefully my apps will work. To, I may not be able to watch it real time, but I think after where are you going to be? Montauk. They got. They don't have cable out there. Uh, I'm in an Airbnb. That well, AMC's not typically a, a channel that people places carry. Um, but I have the. I mean, I have. I have Xfinity. I have all the apps, but I don't know if sometimes if you're not like in your house connected to your house Wi-Fi. Xfinity doesn't. Um, yeah, you're gonna have to Facetime me. <sighs> well, I'm on Twitter so goddamn much. It's like everything will be spoiled. So like, I got to base basically gonna have to like God, stay I'm, off Twitter. I'm gonna have to like talk FaceTime to my me. wife for an hour and a half. That's fucking awful. Ah, Jesus. <laughs> I'm gonna have to do that instead of like watching screens. You, you could, uh, Lord. You can prepare your documents. Yeah, 
exactly. Oh man, our our awesome saw saw Photoshop works coming uh, to an end the too. Photoshop coming out, baby. It's been so good. It's been so good. Uh, all right, Drew. All right, man. As per usual, good talk to you out there. Big kisses. Sit down. Pull you that first round. You got an open count, toss it out. Everybody's cold right now. Stir up the crowd. Get you that second round. Go on and throw it out, talking about anything that makes you get loud.